Thanks for joining us again this week. It's December the 11th, Friday. Working our way through December pretty quickly. Brent, there's only a couple more of these recordings left in 2020. And Escaping 1980 drops its last episode the week of the 14th. So it's been a whirlwind here the last few months around here. Brent, wanted to chat with you a little bit about Outlook. We've been doing some Outlook meetings and digital, of course. What's your advice that you've been leaving producers with as they think about 2020 and headed into 2021? One of the favorite things I think we do is put together the Outlook and uh, makes you think about a lot of different different things. I always like to try and cover kind of the state of, the, I usually do the macro economy as well as the ag economy, and then try and tie it back to some lessons. And um, this year is one of the more interesting kind of outlook years that we've ever had. There's so much to talk about. I mean, we could talk about the macro situation for an hour. Uh, I don't do that. But I guess if you had to ask me what the kind of key takeaway is, my feeling is that the ag economy and the ag situation is way better than I think any of us thought it would be. Certainly six months ago, uh, maybe a year ago, I think there was some optimism, but certainly that optimism kind of fell a lot during the middle of the year. So the situation is a lot better than I think we thought it would be. Don't sleep on it. Take advantage of it. And, and as I've been saying, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the problems that we've had to deal with in the last five years were created by decisions that were made in 12, 13, and 14. And uh, we don't want to redo that because I think if you, wherever I look right now in agriculture, everything's hot. Go look at auctions, uh, equipment auctions. They're, they're going crazy. I mean, people, they're hot. Land market is probably going to be really hot. Rental market going to be really hot. All, all I'm saying is let's not let's not sleep on it because here's here's another interesting thing just to just to get your mind thinking a little bit. I think if you ask people, is it a lot better than you expected or a lot worse? But most people say it's a lot, lot better. And so my next question is, well, what are December corn prices today for 2021 relative to what they were this time last year? And I think the answers are awfully darn close. I mean, we're, we're not appreciably higher on new crop corn of uh, 2021 corn than we were, were a year ago. In fact, the crop insurance price was like 396 or somewhere, 409 or something. So it's very close. My point in all of this is to say, let's proceed with caution. Let's make some good decisions, take advantage of good fortune that we find ourselves in today. Which, you know, we didn't plan this, but this segues into my point that I've been trying to share in my meetings is be careful with the demand narrative. There is a narrative that's very pervasive out there about the demand side of this. And yes, it is very improved, especially on soybeans. But the U.S. agricultural factory has had two years of big prevent plant and mediocre corn yields. Nothing. I think they've been two years of below trend now, actually. We're going to plant more soybeans next year. That's probably a, a pretty good guarantee. Uh, I would never say 100%, but it's, it's you know, I, I've been burned on that forecast network question before. But the idea here is that that demand story, at least when I wrote an article this week, you can check it out. If you look at the May WASD estimates, that first estimates for this marketing year or the crop we just harvested, and you look at them today, basically the summary here is the soybean supply story is unchanged from May. The usage side is has improved. That's soybeans. The corn side, the usage of corn's unchanged net. 
but there's like 1.6 billion bushels in reduction in ending stock. And it all came from the supply side. It came from big prevent plant, a little bit below trend yields, and a little bit adjustment in the beginning stocks. We have to be careful with that narrative because when we're in a supply conditions, when we're in a demand shock, which is you know, what we consider the boom eras, right? You just, those are good times, but are we in a demand boom or a supply boom? Well, there's elements of both. And my, I'm edging more towards the supply. It's more of a supply situation that leads us to need to proceed with caution. You know, I think we could all be very surprised if we plant 91 and a half million acres of corn and 91 and a half million acres of soybeans. And we have above trend yields that would definitely start to change the ending stock situation. It would start to be growing and swelling. I don't know. We'll see where it goes, but proceed with caution. That's the takeaway that I have for growers as I'm meeting with them. I think you're right on, particularly on the corn, uh, the supply story, I think is underreported or under discussed. The demand side though is very strong. We've cut production and left demand kind of yeah. the same, which is usually, usually not what they do. Usually, you know, they take some supply out. They also take some demand out. That's indicative of a pretty strong demand situation. And and I think neither one of us are sitting here trying to say, you know, throw a lot of cold water on the situation. I mean, the, the environment is better, I think, than we thought it would be. And so we're not trying to say, you know, it's going to go into hell. But it, at the same time, I think we, we've got to realize, you know, take advantage of the good fortune that we've found ourselves in. Great way of summarizing. I would just add, be careful with narratives along the lines of nothing can go wrong. <laughs> that's, the, that's the point that we're trying to to set the stage up with is, be careful. There are there are things that could go wrong, I guess, is, is the way we'd want to frame that. There are still downside price risks. <laughs> so. Yeah. The other thing I that strikes me in this whole environment is, you know, we're still in this super low interest rate environment. And the 10-year treasury bonds actually rallied a lot. We were just talking about this before we went on. You it know, doubled. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we all, we did not, we have a forecast network question on whether they dropped below 0.5. And I look back at my forecast and it's changed so much because we got really close to going through that. I think it got to 0.56 or something. Now it's up to 0.9 something. So they've changed a lot, but they're still really low. If, if you're in a situation where you can fix those long-term interest rates at those kind of levels, it's just awfully hard to think that that's a terrible idea. One of those statements that you can have alternative headlines. On one hand, 10-year treasuries have doubled or almost doubled in six months. But on the other hand, they're still among historic lows, right? They're considerably lower than they were a year ago. So it's, it's sort of this hard environment to wrap your mind around like what is a significant change when it doubles and it's still historically low that's really revealing of where we are here in the context of history the second point i wanted to mention escaping 1980 it's been a lot of fun to hear from all of you as you're listening to that one of the lessons that we hoped came through in episode five i believe was how hindsight bias makes it easy for us to Monday morning quarterback and say, oh man, supply management was bad because, you know, I think the narrative that gets remembered is 1983, we paid farmers not to plant corn and wheat. And then we had this drought and the commodity prices rallied. And we just want to highlight that that's hindsight bias. And you got to really think about what were they thinking about when they made that decision. 
you can't really evaluate the quality of a decision without thinking about what were they looking at and what information were they considering when they made that decision. And then chance has its impact. But I think there's a parallel. I wrote a new article this week, check it out, about net farm income and direct payments. And I think ad hoc payments in the year 2020 could stand as a poster child as to why ad hoc payments are not very popular moving forward, because it's another hindsight bias. In August, they approved CFAP2, which pushed direct payments even higher than, they were already at record highs, and it pushed them even higher. And we are going to sit back and look at this year as a pretty high net farm income year in history, 12th highest in inflation-adjusted terms going back to the 1930s. So on one hand, it's, you know, what was the appropriate amount of government payments for this year? Well, history is going to have a hard time wrapping their minds around that because when they made the decisions, it was really difficult. It looked like a very bleak outlook and the last six months have turned around and now it makes it look like we might have overdone it. So hindsight bias gets us all. And I think escaping 1980, we highlighted one of those stories. And I think that ag policy might be living through another one of those here in 2020. Absolutely. Because, uh, I mean, when you think back about it, it was not looking good at all. I mean, things were getting pretty dire. But literally, as soon as those, those payments started hitting the checking accounts, the grain market situation had changed dramatically. And hindsight, it seems like it was maybe a little much. But uh, had the weather and the crop yields been a little different, I think hard to evaluate those. There's a lot of really good what we're thinking about memos coming out here soon on some of these topics. We're going to push the pipeline full of what we're thinking about memos for the holiday break so you can get ready for all of those and hopefully get your plans and expectations set into place for the upcoming new year. Take a look at the latest content. Send us any ideas or questions or feedback. Brent, anything else before we sign off for this week? No, I think pretty much covers it. If you go to the free site, the year in review post is going to be coming shortly. I think that's always really popular. I think one of the most challenging ones we've ever had to write. (laughs) And in a lot of ways, it was, it's back to the theme of whiplash, right? Like there was this set of information at the outset, then there was this set of information in the middle, and there's a whole new set of information at the end of the... Yeah, it's it's funny, Brent. I think if you would if in January 2020, you could have came from the future and you'd say, farmers, this is what soybean prices are going to be in December, and this is what corn prices are going to be in December, given the cash prices. With the rumor of a trade deal, right? They would have been like, oh yeah, you know, the trade deal came through and, you know, this played out kind of as we thought, but they would have never been able to guess the narrative that would have led from right. January to December. And I think that's the really the interesting part of this year is you could have weaved a narrative between the first point and the second point, but not all the way through. The last thing I will leave you all with is from the uh, weekly email little fun fact, Tom Vilsack has had a big year. Of course, he's going back to the USDA, but a little known fact is he won the Iowa lottery earlier this year, back in February, 150,000 bucks. <laughs> so, really? I didn't see that yet. I, I didn't <laughs> click on that link. So yeah, he won the lottery back in February. There's a picture of him standing next to one of those big checks. It was, it's a kind of a fun story as to how that exactly played out. He bought the tickets and kind of forgot about them and then turned out he won. <laughs> so <laughs> one of those side stories. But anyway. All right. Well thanks everyone Pretty for funny. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks everyone for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Stay curious. Thanks. Mm-hmm.